You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. We're back, Tom. Some technical difficulties to start off the show, huh, man? Yeah, that's never happened before. Never once in the history of Brunken Primal Radio. Woo. Hey, well, I'm glad we got on the air today. It was uh, We've been trying to get this guest for a couple of weeks. Some scheduling issues that we had, and I've been swamped. We, um, I have a fight I'm promoting next week at the gym. So I've been swamped with that, doing all the whatever it is, the f- boxing event, you know? That's it. And then I have another event I'm going to try to do in the fall, which is going to be maybe a couple thousand people at an arena local. So I'm working on that, too, so. Anyway, that's just taking up all my time. But we've made it back. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Are you ready? So I used to go to a, a boxing gym called The Real Fight Club. And Dr. Watson yeah. went there, who's our resident boxing expert. We, we get him to talk once a month on the show. Yep. And at that gym, it, it, was ju- it was just a fantastic place to be. You know, they had like a couple of rings, a MMA cage, paying homage around the gym to loads of great boxers, a wall that was signed by loads of great fighters. I got to train with like Roy Jones Jr., Rob McCracken, people like that there. And there were a few pros at the gym who were having like, who were having success at the time and and since. And one of them is, I guess my favorite, one of my favorite people is just, just a really nice, genuine guy doesn't have that sort of like superstar mentality he's, he's good with me I, um, he taught me in a seminar he's recently. good with me <laughs> he's always been cool so he competed at the 2002 commonwealth games for nigeria he won prize fighter which is like a single right. night multi-fight tournament and he also That's got awesome. the knockout bonus which i was at that that was that was brilliant back in in 2012 and um, he currently holds three belts at welterweight including african and european titles welcome to the show larry ekandayo all right, hey. welcome, buddy. Thank you, guys. That's a very good introduction. <laughs> That's what Tom gets paid the big bucks for. Bit of preparation. It always helps, doesn't it, Jim? It does. It does. So, Lee, when you worked out at that gym, the, what's it called? The Real Boxing Club? The Real, real Fight, Fight Club. Club. Oh, the Real Fight Club. I got you. So, this was a gym that had, I guess, real competitive boxers. And then you had the guys, the wannabes, right? Like Tom. <laughs> Is that the best? <laughs> um, it's, it's just one of those gyms, as um, Tom mentioned earlier. The atmosphere there is just amazing. It's priceless. Yeah. Every time you go there, you feel like that's your second home. All right. And I'm in the gym from morning till evening. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very good gym. And have you ever found anywhere that sort of, like, replaced that one for you? Because, obviously, that place shut down, which was kind of sad. And you train at all sorts of places now, like the West Ham yeah, Boxing Club. Yeah, I train at West Ham, well, uh, yes. But at the moment, I'm down Peacock, and it's amazing there. Peacock it's, gym, it's, yeah. It's just the boys, the, the boys, the, the team. You just have all sort of people walking into the gym. Like, yeah. It's just it's just really nice in there. Nice. And you still training under Harry's coaching? No, I'm not. Unfortunately, Harry, Harry's not longer training. No, it's not doing, it's not coaching anymore. Ty Temple told me he's retiring because Ty was trying to like reconnect with him and get some fitness in. Yeah, he said Harry's retiring. Harry's a great guy. He is. It's, it's amazing. He's a lovely guy, good trainer. And he's a complete gentleman. And what role does Ben fulfill for you? Ben is my commercial agent. But Ben is like a whole all-rounder for me, to be honest. Right. He's like a, he's like a family. He's like a brother to me. He makes sure everything is... There's so many times I wanted to pack it in, to be honest, due to the right. politics. But Ben is the reason why I keep my boxing going. That's nice to hear. That, that's pretty interesting because what I have 15 plus active fighters right at my gym right now that you know different level, and what happens of course their dedication be there's a lot of stuff behind the scene that has to happen to make everything fun, even though it's an individual sport you are the actual making happen. There's a bunch. There's a team behind you that's that right. hopefully you have a good team that you put in place. That has to be there to support you. So important because I've seen a lot of guys shit the bed, so to speak. It doesn't work out because the people behind them were knuckleheads. You know, it's mad, and you're right. That boxing is is a one man sport, but you need a great team. And right. I have been blessed to have amazing people, amazing guys, 
in my corner. Someone like Ben and Harry. And now I've got the whole um, peacock behind me now. And the guys, the coaches, Martin Bowles and the rest of the coaches, the boys I'm training with, they're just amazing. And when you think you're Billy Badass and you walk in the room, <laughs> I mean, with the team and these boys yeah. are really up their game, you, you know, it's good. they mixing up with one of the, um, some of the best fighters in the country. Right. So many people that comes in from different gyms and the top fighters coming for sparring. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead on you, Tom. So when you, you were with the other guys for a long, long time, how yeah. does that change happen? How do you make that adjustment to a new team? Because there's got to be, you know, a different thought process of how they want you to train. How open are you? Was there some rough waters when you make that change? Jim, do you remember what my name is? I am <laughs> called the natural, so... The natural. <laughs> you know, I quickly. With the trainer, they try, and obviously, the first few weeks is more working out what I'm doing that. They're not impo um, imposing anything on me. They're not trying to change my style. They're sure. just trying to like work with what I've got and improve my ability, my skills in what I've got rather than trying to take it away and trying to impose their own style on me. So that's the good thing. So it's easy for me to adapt. But the, also the good thing is there's so many guys there that's hungry. So the competition there is second to none. Like you compete with your team mates okay. and the, the training program when you go for a run and you you think you can run and you see some other kids they just like breathe through you. So this is good for me as well. And also for the team where you go to the gym for sparring and you get beat today and tomorrow you want to try and improve, not getting beat. That's the only way we better ourselves as a fighter. And um, the changes, I think I adapt quickly to the changes, but right. everything is, is going well so far. I'm a, and I'm really enjoying it. To what extent, Larry, are you a natural? I mean, I see the finished product, right? I've never seen you when you started off. I mean, do you think you're a natural? Or is it hard work? Because you make boxing look easy. I think talent is overrated. Talent is overrated. It's pure hard work. Hard work, right? yeah. Pure hard work. There's no such a thing as talent. It's pure hard work. And sometimes when I tell people what I do in terms of training, and yeah. like, are you crazy? How? Well, <laughs> I rather I would rather train insane than to stay the same. So I I put in the hard work, and people only see the beauty of the sport. People don't see what you put in in training. And how many times you tried in the gym with certain moves that you're trying in the gym? How many times you've been punched in the face? How many times you've just been shift? How many times you've been have a busted ribs or thing? But because you practice it so much and it becomes a second nature, when you're fighting or sparring, people, oh, you make it look easy. But sure. it's just... It's just a muscle memory and things that you put into training for hours, hours of work and try to like practice and be and make the moves become a second nature. So I think I would I wasn't the one that gave myself the name the night. You know Spencer Fearon. Tom, you remember Spencer? Yeah, so 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 for Jim's not I've tried to get Spencer on the show. I can't remember he said yes or he was like maybe or something like that, but he was a really charismatic promoter at the Real Fight Club. And I think he was a co-owner of that gym as well. Uh -huh. And he's gone on to host the Sky, um, which is our major broadcaster over here, their boxing podcast. And he's on the TV and yep. he's kind of really taken off. So he was Larry's original guy. Yeah, Spencer was my former manager. And all credit to Spencer. A lot of people don't know me, obviously. I wasn't born here. I came here when I was 20. Uh, they uh, represented Nigeria at the Commonwealth Games. With the boxing, the professional, it's not about talent, but I mean, bomb you can bring to the seat. But lucky enough for me, I had Spencer in my corner. Spencer, we call him Mortimer. So Spencer is very good with his mouth and is very good in promoting people and introduced me to so many people. And that made people 
like create the awareness of me to all the other boxers, the trainers, take me everywhere to spar and spar with like almost the top fighters in Great Britain when I was just coming up. So Spencer gave me that platform for people to know who I am before I even turned pro. You have to remember I had immigration problem for over 10 years that I couldn't wow. box as a professional. But with the help for Spencer, he kept me busy by making sure I'm at the gym and training. And when I turn pro, people already know who I am. So that helps. And for me to then go on prior to the same year I turn pro after having two fights and beating someone that had 23 fights and two world titles, it was two times world title challenger. And I beat him my third outing. That's Craig McEwen. Right. So, that kind of pulled me straight up to the map, uh, right on the map. So all credit so you, to Spencer. Right. Now, you were born in Nigeria. Correct. Obviously, so you started boxing there. How did you start boxing? Was it a tough upbringing? Did you have, well, you know, how did you get introduced to the sport of boxing? Um, Funny enough, it's just one of those ones where you don't want to be bullied in school. Don't want my oh, food. I got you. I don't want my lunch money to be taken. From <laughs> me, so. Sure, who does? I, I never start. ate lunch in school. <laughs> I started boxing at the age of 12. But okay, that's pretty is, good age. Yeah. As, as a Nigerian, African parents don't want their children to, to have anything to do with boxing. The perception of boxing in Nigeria is not great. If you're a boxer, that means you're definitely going to involve yourself with crime and, and become Oh, wow, that's the perception. Yeah. So every African parent, I believe, I'm not sure. Nowadays, it's all changing. But back then, you have to be a lawyer, doctor, um, engineering. They, they just want you to, like, go to school. I didn't have brain for that. Uh, <laughs> my mom, my mom found out I was a boxer when she saw me on the national TV. Oh, wow. Didn't know? You didn't no, tell no, her. Nobody know. My friend, how, did that, no. whoa, how did that happen? So you just you just sneak to the gym and work out? You just totally hit it from Funny enough, um, even the gym, we train at a school compound. There's no ring, there's no, there's nothing. So I nothing. walk yeah. about, let's say, eight miles to my gym. Holy I always, shit. I always say to my mom, I'm going to after school club. So I have my book on top of my training gear and my rocks up. And I just <laughs> shoot to the gym. So she saw me. I was only 13 years old, I believe. She saw me on the national TV. Wow. Um, it was um, Coca-Cola, um, they said new Coca-Cola company that opens. So they want me to do exhibition bout. And I won the best boxer then. So someone must have called my mom. It was uh, <laughs> on the news called NTA. That's the Nigerian tele um, Telecommunication TV or whatever it's called. So, yeah, that was it. But my mom was happy that I wasn't on the crime watch. So she let me off. When you go home that night, yeah. And your mom, is she just sitting there going, hmm, what were you doing today? <laughs> no, <laughs> How did she tell you she it's, knew? It's, it's funny because um, on my way back home from the competition, someone already hints me that my mom know that I'm boxing. Yeah. Everyone, every, a lot of people didn't even know. Him. There's only one person that actually know that I box. is one of my cousins. He's like my right-hand man. I always drag him everywhere. He's, he's the only person that I know that I box. So he followed me to the to the show, but on my way back, I bump into someone and said, Oh, your mom find that you're <laughs> he was happy, but obviously. So I have to I, I ran back to my coaches because my coach house is not too far from me. So I said, Look, you have to come home with me, otherwise my mom will kill me. <laughs> so, um, That's great. So we went back and that was it. And, and you lived. Exactly. <laughs> well that's great you were voted the best talent or whatever it was and that was just one year after you started yes wow so you maybe you are a natural maybe such a thing does exist i think the reason why i there was three of us i found that i was introduced to boxing by two of my other mates in school and these guys are really good so this is how the whole boxing thing started we used to play fight during our lunch break. We have a table in the middle, so we can have like four or five guys 
So you go in first, you pair up with someone. If you get beat, you get come out, someone else goes in. These two guys that really stand out, they always win. And I watch them, I learn really quickly visually. So I pick up on what they were doing and I'll try it. So we became three people that the best every time we do it. And we do this every day. This is something we do after lunch. I mean, during our lunch break. So one day they come to me and was like, oh, do you train? And they have to pull me to the side because they didn't want me to know their boxers as well. They can't say it. So it's like a secret cut thing as a yeah, yeah. boxer. You can't say outside, otherwise you become uh, he's a show off or you get you you if you do anything in school, easy they're gonna point out to your teacher and you get in trouble. One for being a boxer. And um so they asked me if I box. I said, Yes. Like, oh, what gym? So I said, I box at home. I box the bag of rice at home. My mom is a my mom got a restaurant. So I thought just punching bag of rice or whatever, that make you a boxer. I didn't know you had to go to a gym. And they'll introduce me to a gym and that was it. And I never wow. looked back. Never wow. How did you make your way to the UK? Was that in the Commonwealth. Um, Commonwealth yeah. games. I represented so, well, the games, right? Yeah, I represented Nigeria at the Commonwealth Games. I was at the right. All African Games, 2000. I mean, 1999. I qualified right. for the All African Games. Couldn't make the weight. Then I moved up weight from Bantamweight to welterweight. Represented Nigeria and Germany for the sport-friendly tournament. I can't remember what it's called. Uh -huh. Then um, Commonwealth Games. Got to the court final of the Commonwealth Games. Then decided to stay in the in the UK. I had a manager. I was given, and this is how the immigration problem happened. I was given a work permit, and my coach was like, "No, you don't need a work permit." So we have to send it back. So because I wanted to box as an amateur first, right? And that was it. And they're just like, "You can't work as an amateur because you're not liability in the country." Because amateur, I guess, is still paid, right? No, you. Okay, I can't remember the question we were on. Um, we'll it was the Commonwealth Games. How he yeah. came over and, and was what Larry had to. He couldn't work because of immigration stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then you had asked Tom, "You uh, aren't you're not allowed? Or do you get paid as an amateur?" And then that's kind of what got cut off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't get paid as an amateur, and um, that was it. <laughs> I, feel we, story. I think we would have got a better answer had, had it not cut out there um so how did you support yourself i stayed at the gym with spencer fearon uh-huh um, and he always helped me out just keep me in the gym and right. i believe one day i'll turn pro and that was the, and, the dream yeah yep that was it and obviously i turned pro with him so I, I see here you had 125 amateur fights and you won 110 of them. Um, you, Correct. You, you won titles at that time. Um, is it, do you feel like that was the right amount? Do you feel maybe you could have gone pro earlier or was that was that the right time for you? I think God don't make mistakes, to be honest. Um, I, I remember when I turned pro, everyone was like, oh, you're going to be 30 this month or something like that. Um, that's too late. Um, it's too old to turn pro at the age of 29. And right. I remember my debut, the commentator was going on about it. And the amazing thing is everyone goes on about it the first, few, the first round or two, and they always change their story. It's like, wow, it's amazing. How so it's just one of those things. I I think I turned pro at the right time. Um, you have right. to remember with the pro, it's not about how good you are. It's all about how many people you can bring to the show. So um, I've seen so many talented fighters that haven't been given the opportunity due to the lack of having a, enough um, support yeah. as, a, as, as, a, as a pro. So, but... The good thing is I can sell tickets. So that's I think that's why I had all of those years where I couldn't turn pro. But during then years I've 
build up a fan base. So people see me spar so many times, see me spar like top fighters and everyone is like anticipated to see me box. And as soon as I turned pro, everyone was there. And, um, yeah, th that is pretty important. I think the sad thing is a lot of people think because they're so talented that it will get them to the top. And that is not necessarily true, right? I mean, you just said that. So you had, you had built up that fan base, allowed you to sell tickets. Correct. So as a, right, as a promoter, they want to put you on their show. Shit, Larry's going to fight. We'll sell 500 tickets, whatever that is, right? Yeah. And if, and if I have this guy, Bob, well, no one knows Bob. Bob's super talented, but nobody gives a shit. Exactly. It's, it's kind of sad. Lomachenko was kind of the same, right? He he got to about 325, if I remember correctly, fights yep. before turning pro. I mean, what, what are they missing? Because, you know, people would have liked to see boxers like you and him earlier in there. You know, obviously you um, both lasted a long time. Uh, it's funny, funny you said that. Uh, growing up, I didn't, I didn't ever think I was going to turn pro. That's the honest truth. Um, really? Yes, I never thought I was going to turn pro. I I so in love with amateur and I I don't I barely watch professional fighters. Uh-huh. I usually watch the amateurs and just love the Cubans and the Cubans are great. So you watch the 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 difference between me and Lamachinko is the fact that he's two times Olympic gold medalist. So everyone wants him. So Lamachinko we have uh, uh we will have people chasing him. It's a different because that's the thing. As a as an amateur, you sell yourself. The 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 better you do in the Olympics or any other international um um sport, that brings a lot of people wanting to 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 sign you. But true, as an African fighter, where I moved to the UK. Not because of, not because I won gold at the Commonwealth Games or anything, but it's different on that one because you're doing like a small whole show. Even that, you still have to sell tickets, but it's just not the one if you don't have that support. If you don't have a TV platform, it makes it even harder because right. you can be the best. And if you haven't been given the opportunity for people to see who you are or what you made of as a as a as a fighter nobody knows you right did winning so, think... prize fighter put you on the map and, and tell us a bit more about that night and and kind of i guess what it meant to you and you know i, I felt like once you'd won that that there would have been numerous so, offers and maybe of maybe, course yeah of course because when you win prize fighter i believe you win you get Automatically, you get signed by the. That's what I thought. You get signed straight away by the by Matchroom. Um, I won prize by uh, my third outing, beating someone that was ranked number ten, I think, that time in my third outing, Craig McEwen, four for world title twice. He had twenty three fights, twenty one wins, two losses, and this is the only two losses that he had on his record was winning four for world title. Um, Beat him in my third outing, then go on to beat uh, Chris Kosler, who had um, 19 fights. He um, fought for British and Commonwealth title, was British and Commonwealth title challenger as well. He only had two losses on his record as well. Uh, beat him, and um, what's, his, what's this guy's name? Terry Correva stopped Terry in the final. Terry was the like I thought Terry stole the show because he's like a really really brother, and managed to to beat these three amazing fighters in one night, and um, yeah, so year after I was training for the British Title Eliminator, and I was ranked number two in the country then, mm. which everything like my name was everywhere. And I'm like, this is it. I've made it. And that same time I was training for the British Title Eliminator, my 15-month-old daughter was diagnosed of cancer. Wow. So I have to put boxing to side again and just, you know, my 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 um, 
problem outside the ring comes um obviously that's my priority my of my course daughter so i have to put boxing to the side and i was out again for about two years really and that that long huh yeah about almost two years i think i was out wow you've had a bit of family issue um yeah your other daughter was born prematurely yes it's well, my how they inspire you they're the reason why i'm fighting if it's not for that trust me we won't be sitting down having this conversation they're the reason why I'm fighting. They they motivate me because it's so many. My daughter had forty to fifty percent chance of survival. My oldest daughter. Wow. She was bumped twenty five weeks old. Um, no kidding. So if she can fight, since she's here now, she'll be fifteen this year. God bless her. You know, and I had my youngest daughter. She had to fight. She had a cancer. She had a retinoblastoma. The cancer mm-hmm. of the eye. If they can fight and fight through that, I haven't got no reason not to keep pushing. Are you a man of faith? Did you did you uh, yes, pray I a am. lot of? So yes. that that helped you and your family get through. I mean, because those are extraordinary circumstances to overcome, take care of what needed to be taken care of, and then yet still have the god darn ability to get back into it and try yet again after another delay. And they have your head on straight and uh, straight and not be derailed. That's an extraordinary story, man. That's a rocky story. They got to make a movie about you. I'm I trying. Mean, I'm trying. I just I'm trying. To say, you might need to sort me out with some movie company or what they call <laughs> Yeah. Well, in Nigeria, though, you are you are massive. I mean, you are kind of a superstar over there, right? I mean, they they probably stick you in a movie. Definitely. How do you deal with that? You know, you're that well known especially in your, your native country, when you go back there. I mean, you just put it in perspective and keep your head on straight and realize it is what it is. You said, how do I deal with that? In what, yeah, like, in how what? do you deal with that fame that, hey, this is the guy, and, and people all of a um, sudden want to be your buddy because of you, you being a boss? There's been a few people. There's been, you know, you have to be careful. There's so Absolutely. Many people, there's so many people that want to be part of the team because they want to jump on the bad one. You have to right. know who is who. And you have to be clever. It's crazy because people think I'm celebrity. And they, I'm not. The difference between myself and you, I get punched in the face. And people show me getting punched in the face on the TV. And right. you do whatever you're doing. And you're making so much money and nobody troubles you. But I just, I think I'm the same as everyone else. But people, oh, no, you're celebrity. No, no, I'm not. I'm just Larry. The guy that get punched in the face and get flat nose. <laughs> yeah, I got punched in the face today. You know, there so. you go. And I didn't even get paid. Well, a little bit. Not what you make. <laughs> but I survived. I've seen Larry um, spar a lot, and I've seen him in action right. you know, in, in title fights and prize fire. How would you sort of describe your style and the tactics that you use, Larry? I would just say natural, just to keep it simple. What does that mean for our listeners? I think it depends on my opponent. Again, talent is overrated. I treat every single opponent as if I'm fighting for a world title, which means I study my opponent. I look for what they do the best, how they react when they're not feeling comfortable. I look for the good and the bad in their in the um, in every other fight, and work on the good thing how I can counter what they have and capitalize on it. And that's it, really. Yeah. So you're looking to fit in to see, right? You. So when you get out there, you're looking to see what weaknesses they may have and exploit their weaknesses. And you're fitting in with your opponent, is what we call it. That's and, right. Right. Which is a great, and it it makes it so difficult to fight a guy like you because you are changing. You're very. You're like a chameleon. You can change your style. Exactly. Right. It's funny, how do, how do I fucking to, deal with that? You know. <laughs> I always say to people, I don't have a style. Uh, right. I really don't. I really don't have a style. People is like, oh yeah, but you, I don't have one style. In the fight, I can change what I'm doing like right. three or four times because as soon as my opponent starts to feel comfortable with one style and they start to sort it out, I change again. I switch it to something else. So it probably give them extra two or three rounds to try and figure out what that is again. Then I switch it back again to something different. So mm-hmm. giving you something to think about, giving your corner more jobs to do and trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, I just try to work on different different style and also 
I learned from everyone. I pick up style, I pick up people, I watch people and take some of the stuff that they do right. and add it to what I've got. And that's just try to learn more and more. And there's room for, for improvement. So, because you say, so you always kind of were, the, you always had that ability, Larry, to just kind of do that. Or is that something someone taught you? Or you just, that's just how you learned and figured it out. That's not, that's how I learned. I, uh, I learned visually. I, 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 I really, growing up is something, before I started sparring, I watched so many good fighters in the gym sparring. And now I'll, I'll try everything that someone that I really like that someone is doing. I put into practice and I practice and practice and try inspiring. Sometimes it work out perfectly at the first attempt. It works out well. And sometimes I try and I get knocked down and get back up. And it's just what it is and put in practice again. Right, right. Larry, you, you said to me once that your dream was to have a world title fight in Nigeria. Nigeria, correct. Oh, like have the actual fight in that. That'd be great. You're having an African title fight in June to uh, retain your African title. Do you no, feel like... No, 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 fine for African title. See, you're not up to date, Tom. Go Tom, on, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, well, you're supposed to be on top of this. So we're talking to the IBO champion, uh, intercontinental champion at the moment. Um, it's Argentinian kid. So looking to fight for that or defend my IBF European in Nigeria. And people was like, oh, IBF European in Nigeria? That's Africa. Yeah, but for, for African title in London, what's the difference? Yeah, but, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So so that's where we, we're looking at to see if we can get the IBO. God willing, I win that one and um, fight for um, IBO world title this year in Nigeria as well. How long do you feel you've got at the top? I mean, you, you've got, you've had good longevity. You've looked after yourself. As you say, you work really hard. How long is that window there for? Tom, I've learned how to, over the years, I've learned how to just pray that things go your way and things come because it's easy. And everyone says this, oh, I think by this time I see myself in five years, in 10 years, in three years, I think all of that is bollocks. I had immigration problem for over 10 years that I couldn't box. And in 2012, less than a year, I was ranked number two. They call me the mystery man. The mystery man, yeah. I was ranked number two. In the world? Yeah, because I... Is that... No, number two... Oh, in the UK? Number two in the... Behave yourself, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so um, excited. Sorry, bro. Uh, so I was ranked number two in Great Britain in less than a year. And remember, I couldn't even turn pro right. over 10 years. In less than a year, I had two fights and one prize fight, and I was ranked number two in Great Britain. And a couple of months after, my boxing career was packed to the side again. So I'm, you don't know what's around the corner. I just, I just pray for opportunities and everything to fall in place. I'm walking towards my goal. That's all I can do. I can't say this is, I know this is how long the window's going to be there for. And how many fighters have you heard of where, for example, I, I'll use, um, what's his name as a, as a great example, John Ryder. He just won the world title the other day. Um, apparently, he was thinking of packing, boxing in because things wasn't as smooth as he wanted, he's been knocked down. He's been he had a rough career, but he put himself back, and now he's a world champion. So opportunity yeah. comes. I just have to keep pushing. So I can't tell you how long this window is going to be there for, or sure. not. I'm just walking towards whatever comes my way. But I know the good things is coming my way this year. Yeah, that, that's pretty, you know, extraordinary. Your ability to continue to stay that path it is really especially for your story it would have been really easy to give up and go get a job so to speak and because of the setbacks and you're able to manage just to filter out all that nonsense all that noise all all the chaos that's been put in your way to make it happen 
it's pretty extraordinary. It's really hard these days with the social media. You see people that's not as talented as you or you think, but we right. give you all the opportunities. It's easy to say, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm packing it done. in. I'll, I'll, right. I'm done. But you can't measure your own success with other people's. And everyone have their own time in life. But was there ever a time that you were actually close to quitting? All the time. All the time. All the time. And that's the honest truth. All the time. Right. But right. All every the time. time. Every day. Right? Every time I wake up and see my children, they look up to me. I can't let them down. Right. And I have to that's keep powerful. pushing. And I can't tell them, how, how am I going to say to them, you have to keep pushing when I'm quitting? So they motivate me to keep going. I don't think I can have any other way or anything that can make me think like, you know what, this is it, I'm done. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to give it a go anymore. I know, I, I know I've got the ability to be a world champion and I will give it all I've got. I will push until I get to that part and win the title. I can't stop. People telling me, oh, yeah, but you 37 now, you 36, you th Bernard Hopkins. Right. What? So how can Donald Trump became a president? At what right. Age? Um, Obama, when they retired, when they come out of a presidential, Obama, um, or what's his name, took his, um, Donald Trump. So everyone have their own time. So I'm not measuring my time with anyone else. This is my path, and I'm 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 going. I'm walking alone, and I'm gonna get to the destination. I'm not gonna stop because other people think I can't do it, because they're trying to project their own fear onto me. That's not me. That's not natural. Wow, that's powerful, man. That's that's inspirational, man. That's that's a great way to be. It's very tough. I mean, obviously, if it was so easy, you know, everybody would be doing it. You know, and then that's you have, right. like you said, you got to get up in the, and you were talking about hard work. You're the one who has to get up at whatever time in the morning and run exactly. and go do your pushups and sit-ups and get punched in the face. Exactly. Right. And people don't see the blood, sweat and tears that you put in day in and day out, having to manage your family, having to manage you, all this stuff. And then when you show up on TV and win, oh, isn't it great being you? Well, not at of four o'clock in the morning getting punched in the face. is not so exactly. hot. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, I mean, that's 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 quite an undertaking. Tom, did we lose you, buddy? No, 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 I'm still here, still here. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, you were so quiet. <laughs> oh, you were so quiet for a second. I was like, <laughs> maybe Tom quit the show. I think he's, <laughs> he's having a nap. Maybe he's having a Are you awake? I just didn't want to say any more facts that was uh, that was going to be wrong and Larry to tell me off. No, 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 no. Tom, is good. This is really good. Tom, it adds a little bit of humor to the show. It's good. It's good to. It's good for people to hear this. It's good for people to understand that everyone have their own battles. Everyone trying to keep their head above the water. Right. And yeah. People get to a point in their life and be like, "Oh, I don't want to do it." And you never know. You never know who's listening. You never know who my story might motivate. So Where? It's good. So. You are very self-disciplined and, and also no somewhat, somewhat of a disciplinarian. Like when you'd occasionally coach me, you always make me do burpees for like dropping my right hand and stuff like that. You love burpees though, don't you? I hate them. Uh, no, nobody likes them. And then people hate it, but it's crazy because these days you can't even discipline people. People are so sensitive on certain things. <laughs> no, it's they true. Because, because people get offended easily these days, but when I was growing up, it's different. When you when you've been shown something once or twice, if you don't fix up, you're gonna get punished for it. So if you don't keep your right hand up, Tom, you're doing burpees. So, <laughs> yeah. I would have slapped him in the head. <laughs> yeah. Get the point yeah. through real quick, Larry. Yeah. You, you've you've obviously had like a long career, right? So what would you tell a younger version of yourself? Funny enough, I think I did everything right from growing up. My coach is very strict, and I've been blessed to have a coach like my coach growing up. He was like my dad, um, very disciplined. Um, I don't go out, I don't party, I don't club, I don't smoke, I don't wow. drink. I, I have been to club my whole life. 
I've been to club five times, and it's not because I wanted to go. It's because right. I have to go. I don't keep late night. That's it, really. And train and, and listen. Ready to take when people criticize you and say anything instead of getting all offended about it. Sit down, take your time, listen to what whoever anyone have to say and go check it back and see. And I think that's just the best way to do it rather than trying to prove a point and not paying attention and not listening. So take your time listening to whatever they have to say and take pick up what you think you need to fix and that's it really i had over 10 years that i couldn't box to me that was actually a blessing in a way for me uh, yeah i'm 36 years old now but i feel like i'm young 36. all right you didn't you take know, the abuse so. exactly for example my last fight, I had 10 years over this kid, and everyone was like, oh, he's so strong, he's so tough, he's very fit, he's this, is that. And everyone was asking me, what do you think of it? Why are you taking him with some beating? I said, everyone is fit, everyone is strong, everyone is, um, think, not until they share the ring with me. It's a different, it's, it's, I take nothing away from it. He's a very good kid, he's strong, he's tough, as I said, but hold on. He was getting tired before me. And we both actually know we're fighting each other. We had a, a, a long time, so it wasn't like a short notice for him to take the fight. We both proper prepared for it. But the difference is everyone can fight, but not everyone can box. Very true. I'm not sure if that answered your question, Tom. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I, I wanted to ask you another question about um, you, you've managed to secure some really good sponsorship deals, which I guess have, have kind of like you know kept you going towards success. You know, a, 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 I think it's Air Arik and Ben Lee Arik, and Harik here. Yeah, and and and, uh, and now uh, the church now is I think sponsoring yes. you as well. What, what what's that meant for you and your your uh, ability to you know stay at the top? The power of sponsor. It's, um, I think, is key to any athlete. You have to remember, I still have to work despite I had a sponsor. At the moment, I only had a church. I had Eric here this, when they were flying between London and, and Nigeria, but that's not happening anymore. If I haven't had a, the, the church, the Love of Christ Generation Church, if it wasn't for the support financially, it would be hard for me to achieve my goal. And massive thank you to Ben, my commercial agent, Ben Gray. He's the one that goes out and and go around and try and get the sponsor for me. It's hard to combine training and working together. It's really a hard one. You can't train and work. And if you see the difference, but you would definitely see the difference between a fighter that's fighting and working and a fighter that train boxing, sleep boxing, weight boxing, doesn't have to work or worry about any financial issue. All bills has been paid and can concentrate on training. When you don't have that, when your when your um concentration is split in so many places, you're worried about your range, you're worried about how your children's gonna eat and you have to train and you have to quickly go Make sure you do that job there to get a little money to cover some. It's never going to work. So I'm grateful to have all my sponsors. And Ben, at the moment, I'm looking for more sponsors, to be honest. So if you have anyone your way that you can send this way, please get them over to me, please, Tom. <laughs> Certainly, we're looking for the same thing for our fledgling show. Yeah. <laughs> Jim McCann, I see you, you're sponsoring a few things. I saw you're sponsoring a, a, a go-karting team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's at a much lower level, yeah. Well, look, right. So I support other little ki- ki- people doing stuff around town, and it's minimal, but it all matters. And it, the, you, the sponsor is huge. My fighter, Scrap, who just became pro, you know, we have sponsors and you know promoters and stuff who allow him to focus on training. As you were saying, Larry... For you to go work a job and dig a ditch all day or whatever it is you're doing, uh, stocking shelves and then go to the gym at night and in the morning and then take care of a wife and kids, 
is a huge undertaking and probably in all actuality impossible. Yeah. So you do, you do need that. It would be so tough to, to keep up with that. Yeah, because your body, as much as you train, you need to rest. Right. People don't, some people don't understand the aspect of resting, the, the big impact that takes. If you don't rest and get your body to recuperate before you train again, you're never going to get fit. That's never, never. going to happen. Right. You're never going to get fit. You're going you're gonna to sustain so much injuries because your body will ask you. So this this is... Um, and you're not going to get enough training in because you're tired to train again. And right. you're forcing your body to do it. Your body's just going to shut down on you. Hey, a quick question. We were talking about this the other week with Doc Watson on steroids and stuff in boxing and sports you know, performance enhancers. Do you see that a lot in boxing? Was it less, you know, you think a lot of guys are doing stuff to enhance their ability in the ring? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But, hey, the sports, it's a great sport, but also so many corruption. Yeah. That was just a question I, I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about. Now, Anthony Joshua, you're good buddies with Anthony. How's, how's, how's that relationship work out? Yes, I am a good friend with Anthony. Now, he's, he's got Nigerian heritage too, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. It's a great guy. It's an amazing human being, and he's still the best. In the and he supports you fully in what you do and helps yeah, you out. Definitely. Right. That's how did you get? You just met Anthony in the boxing gyms in in the UK. Is that how it kind of came about? I have a massive respect for Anthony Joshua. Right. Um, this is this is crazy. This was 2000. I think it was 2015. I knew Anthony Joshua from the Olympics. I saw him yeah. at the Olympics. Um, I was at Wembley. I meant to fight the year, but for some strange reason, I didn't get chance. I didn't get chance to fight in that show. So I right. was sitting there. Um, I was sitting, and he was walking in. He had there's a lot of entourage with him. He walked in. Everyone was like talking to him, and they looked back, and he saw me. I was sitting outside. And he stopped everyone that was working with him. They remember, I've never seen him before live. I've seen him on the TV, I've seen, but I didn't even know Anthony would know who I am. He came back out, like literally, stopped everyone, all the entourage, tell them to stop, to wait, and he's coming. He came back out to say hello to me and ask about my daughter. Wow. 15-month-old, my daughter that suffering from cancer there. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is unreal!" I couldn't believe it, and ever since, he's been a great guy to me. It's been, it's called out people to support me from Nigeria, and you know, I can't ask for anything more than that. No, so that's I'm, great. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to him, man. No, that's a that's a great story. So, other side, I guess you you met Tom by what doing some coach at that gym uh, you know uh do you enjoy coaching guys uh, yeah, think, about it's, think, it's fun I think, I think it's a crime if i don't pass my knowledge right to other people either people that just want to keep feed people that's doing it for a health issue or the yeah. young youths the young generation and this is part of my plan when to have my own gym and to help youth because i remember when i was growing up at the age of 14, I was living on the street. My mom wasn't around. My dad passed. And um, uh-huh. the only thing that kept me going was boxing in Lagos, Nigeria. So having to pass the knowledge to the young youth and teach them this, 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 this self-discipline of boxing, I think, is, is very crucial to help people keep them disciplined and grounded and um, let them understand they can achieve so much with boxing rather than going to jail for it, yeah, getting right. in trouble, you know, keeping them off. I've gone running one few times when I had people pick on me for no reason. Now, I get punched in the face regularly at the gym, so I really <laughs> don't have anything to prove right. on the street. Not but right. if you don't know your own ability... You always, the ego we always kicks in as a guy like, I'm going to prove that I'm not weak. 
I want to fight to prove a point. So I just go about my business, not because I'm weak. It's only because I know how much I will lose if I try. Right. So, so when you coach a guy like Tom, do you find it frustrating? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's Tom's balls. No, really, I mean, not really. I think everyone, everyone have, um, everyone have ability to do stuff. Some people have a terrible coordination. Some people, but as a trainer. You need to find a way. You need to, and this is how I box as well. You need to figure out. You need to figure a way to actually find something, or a way to teach. Wow. To teach them. Tom, Tom is amazing. It's easy to teach, so it makes life a lot easier for me anyway. Exactly, oh. Jim. Exactly. You mean Tom wasn't difficult? How many burpees did you make Tom do? A lot. <laughs> a a lot. lot. A lot. Larry didn't even teach that often because he was mostly training. So, was, uh, but when when he did teach, I was always doing burpees for some. Always burpees, right? Sometimes I forget that he's doing burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I just forget him there. You left him there. <laughs> Do burpees till I get back. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna quickly have a a, a a brunch. Keep doing burpees till I come back. <laughs> till I'm done with my brunch. That's funny. So awesome. Hey, what a couple more things. Well, one last thing, major. So after, have you ever thought about what happens after boxing? Or is that just so foreign to you that you haven't even thought about it? I do. I, I really do. Which is one of the reasons why I want to have my home boxing gym. I want to pass on the knowledge and, um, you know, still want to stay in the sport and help shape some life either I can teach someone to be a world champion. I can teach someone, even if they don't not a world champion, they will be useful for the family. I will help the youth to to teach them self discipline and everything. They will be um, useful to the to the society and all of that. So that's my goal after boxing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Hey, Larry, thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show and taking no, the time. thank you, guys. Thank it's you. really thank you, so excellent to meet you. have a great story. I'll call all my friends in Hollywood. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and we'll please. get that. We'll be working on that movie uh, right away. Uh, but no, thank it is you. a great story. I'm not kidding. That is a no, great, inspiring story to go through everything you've gone through and to have a great disposition like you do and, and a work ethic and a father and spiritual guy it is really a, a great message and i hope uh you know uh, a lot of people follow your lead uh, really yeah. excellent having I'm, I'm honored that you took the time thank brother. you very much jim thank you you're a complete gentleman all right another great great show prime radio peace out thank you tommy see you later guys You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.